Hello, my friends, Nigel here, and welcome to Backable, the podcast where we explore the top performance habits in both business and life. Now, if you're a regular listener of the podcast, odds are that there is a part of you that wants something more out of life, more wealth, more happiness, more surety, or just more life. If this sounds like you, then this episode is the one for you. Today, Tim and I sit down to discuss the three questions he has asked himself and his businesses every quarter for the past 20 years. The questions that have promoted consistent growth, continual evolution, and persistent steps towards the more. But as you'll hear later in the episode, asking the question is only the first and easiest step in the process. It's what comes next where the real power of the practice comes into play. Hope you enjoy. Hello, friends out there. I hope all is well in the merry old land of business. Nigel, hello today. It's just you and I in the studio. G'day, mate. Good to be here. It is. It is. And I want to jump into this time of the year where sitting here at the moment is October 19th. And it's around this time of the year, particularly in Australia and for all our US and European listeners, this is a time leading into Christmas, but more importantly, the second period of our financial year. Now, overseas, the financial year can run till the end of December, but for us, it's halfway through the financial year. And we were sitting down doing a planning session in one of our companies and just having a look at okay, what does the next month, month and a half need to be in order to start looking at our goals? And it got into a very interesting conversation around companies that don't ever change. And they don't ever change because they're hoping that the thing they're doing by doing it more will change in some way because of some miracle. And it's a weird thing because in one hand, you're getting people telling you, persist, persist, keep pushing through, try harder. You've got to put in the time. You've got to put in the effort. Success doesn't happen overnight. And on the other hand, you've got don't spend too much time doing things that don't work. And there's this constant balance between, well, how do you know if I'm in the process of getting better and getting the result and putting in what we would say the weight of effort required to see if a strategy, tactic or process works versus wasting time doing something that will never change. And it's a really important thing to constantly evaluate. And it's not an easy thing, by the way. But Nigel, something that we do and and we want to reflect on today is an exercise that's pretty common in sort of consulting circles, which is what's called a keep, stop, start. We evaluate things that we're doing and we work out what are the things we should keep doing? What are the things we should stop doing? And what are the things that we should start doing? And if you've got ambition to grow a successful business quickly, part of the process is to know, I think most importantly, is when to let go of a loser. And there's an old saying in poker that you make more money from the hands you fold than from the hands that you play. And what that means is obviously you make zero money when you fold, right? Because you've lost your bet. But it's people who go too deep with poor hands and it eventually costs them a lot more than it should. And this is the same with business. And I guess in life, with the time you spend in areas you shouldn't, waiting for something to change that never will, and you literally can invest a lifetime. And it's a um, scary thought, Nigel, but it is, how do we know what we should keep doing? And I think, I mean, you've had experiences with the same thing, haven't you? I mean, you've gone through these periods. How do you navigate it in terms of your personal performance? 
Well, this is actually quite an interesting one for me because it seems like a really simple thing when you do the exercise. But if you attack it with some seriousness behind it, I know one of my shortcomings is that I don't know when to stop. I have been brought up with a farmer's mentality, put more effort in and something will eventually give. So this idea of what should I keep doing, it goes hand in hand with what should I stop. And you're right about that mindset of something will give. The problem is it might not be the thing you want. And this is, this is <laughs> I guess, the essence of this exercise in general, but it's not so much the exercise. This is about life wasting. And this is about, is this a business I should keep doing? Is this a product I should keep doing? Is this a relationship I should still be in? Is this a mindset that keeps serving me? Because that's a big one too, isn't it, Nigel? A lot, of the, mm-hmm. a lot of the mindsets we grow up with, we start to get more information or we see people doing things a different way. And when we sort of think to ourselves, wait a minute, the way that they approach a situation is completely counterintuitive in which the way I would do it, but they seem to be getting more of the thing I want. So what do I need to recalibrate in my life around something that I believe to be true, but as I gather more evidence in my life journey, isn't? And I think this is a really big one because I particularly like this exercise for personal life more than business. And it's a really important one because most of us get to this point of the year, and this is why I like to do it now, and we get to the Christmas period, which is for most a very joyful period with family and a bit of a break here in the Southern Hemisphere. And then by the time you wake up, you're sort of into next year and everything's sort of okay because you come off a nice little period and you keep going, you waste another six months. Yeah. And you can't get the time back. And this is the thing about if you're sitting here listening to this and you're okay with how things are going, but you're not excited, something's wrong. Something's not quite right. It doesn't mean you can't be finding it difficult. That doesn't mean it's not exciting. It's just difficult. Great things are because we're challenging ourselves. We're pushing ourselves. We're trying to get through to the next thing because we can see the the roadmap and what we want to do. Where people get this wrong is they keep accepting okay as a standard in which is fine for their life. So I'm okay. I'm sort of happy. and, And then you get the worst thing. I've got a lot more than others. That's irrelevant. That's an irrelevant conversation. You know, just between all of us as small friends listening out there is it's okay to want more. It doesn't mean you should feel guilt about what you've got. I want you to have more because hopefully if you're a nice person, you can contribute more. Even if you're not a nice person, you still will contribute more whether you want to or not. Yeah, we're pushing this, which is create economic impact. Be a star in your community. Give back. Help. If nothing more, you create more jobs. You create more opportunities for others in your community, then you've got an obligation as someone who can to do. I find this extremely important for SMEs. You've got the ability to change your community, you've got the ability to change your life. You're going to be rewarded if you're somebody who can do that. But you've got to work out what should you keep doing and what are you doing that you should have stopped doing a long time ago. We'll get to the start as in what should we start doing? But what have you not done? This is so important for business owners. You need to be brutal. We were talking in our backable group, but all of you who are business owners listening to this, we've got a private group on Facebook and there's um, at the time, I think we started a couple of months ago and we probably hit a thousand businesses sort of by the end of the year. So it's starting to get some massive people who see the world the same way. 
but we were talking about some of the interesting books that have been read, some of the interesting ideas that have challenged our thinking. And it made me revisit something that I remember 20 years ago, which was The Book of Five Rings, which is a great book around Miyamoto Masashi, which is Japan's most famous samurai. And there's a lot in that book, particularly one of the interesting things that I found was a samurai never takes his sword out of its sheath unless it's to attack. There's no defense in samurai. There's total offense and you only draw if you're going to use it. And this is what I think a lot of business owners don't do. They half go for it. They half commit to something. They keep doing something, but they're not really bought into it. So if you're sitting out there and say, I want to grow my business next year. Great. What are you going to do? I'm going to get more sales. No, no, no. That's a byproduct of the effort. What are you going to do that right now would seem unreasonable in terms of effort in the growth area? And this is very challenging because when you're around people with different standards, you will completely see the world differently of what it takes to get your business to the next level. I'm going to ask a question that I know would pop into someone's head when they hear that. When you say, what are you going to do that's unreasonable? Is it at the cost of something else in your life? Do you have to give something else up? For you personally, do you have a line? Huh. Do I have a line in, <laughs> I want to commit to something and then work out what else is going to get in the way? Is that what you're talking about, my friend? What do you reckon? Because it's not a commitment then. You personally, but I know that you've also had different variations of this because you're a, an all-in kind of guy. And if you test a concept, you stretch a concept. So you've gone through periods where you've taken a couple of days of sleep out of your life, where you've chosen not to participate in family events if it got in the way of something. Is that still the line for you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Not so much on the sleep thing because that was really dumb. So you need sleep. It's important. And there's a lot of research that will reinforce that. So for anyone like me who wanted to see what happens if you don't sleep one day a week, you end up in hospital. It's not a good thing. So I would leave that one alone. I don't think that's a high performance <laughs> routine. And probably for another podcast, we can talk about that in some detail. But in terms of missing family events or things that are important, the priorities have certainly changed. At times, missing a family event, it was so crucial to do things that it wasn't a choice. I had to get things done to get the business to the next level because we're playing a high risk game, particularly when you're self-funded, mm. right? But where a lot of people say miss family events or are too busy to see friends is they're actually just ineffective. Yep. They're really ineffective and they're using the business to hide from life. So I call a lot of business owners that we've met, which is I'm too busy to spend time with my kids. I go, let's call it what it is. You don't want to spend time with your kids. And they're horrified with that conversation. They go, you can't say that, but that's what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> if you really cared for your kids, well, you'd wake up two hours earlier and then find that time, right? Now, it's not a judgment about whether you should or shouldn't, but I would have thought if you've committed to a family, quality time is a commitment and it's probably for most people a high priority where a lot of people just use the business as an excuse and they're not even trying to find time to regularly carve out quality periods in which they don't need to be focused on the business. For instance, that might be I'd like to pick my kids up from school or I'd like to have dinner time where I'm home. But the reality is this is about your value system and your priority. If you're one of those people who literally have no time, then you've got to calibrate what you're actually doing, right? Why are you doing this then? Am I doing this for a point of 
I want to make a ton of money and then spend quality time, but you've actually missed the whole opportunity to create relationships with your family or different things. So when I'm talking about missing family events, I wasn't actively trying to not attend or be a participant in my family. It was some things were such critical moments in the business that there wasn't a higher priority. And we've spoken about it on this podcast before. Alana and I had a discussion in our relationship that the relationship was priority to for a period of a couple of years. That if the work needed to be done, that was first and foremost because we wanted to spend a type of life together and we were both prepared to commit that, but we were basically already aligned. So it's very different and we were okay with that, but it got to a point where that calibration has changed again. There isn't anything more important than the relationship. So sometimes we would prioritize that instead. But the good thing is we're in a point in the business where the business doesn't have to suffer because we've got resources to do the things that need to be done, right? Because if you don't change those priorities, there's always something to do. I could spend 24-7 on business absolutely right now. Very, very easy. But is that what I want? And the reality is where I find some balance in the company is where we start getting better results because I'm a better leader or I'm seeing the matrix a little bit better. And so you start to work out what you need to best perform. And when you look around and you go, here are the business people I follow, have a look at what you're filtering for. You're filtering for people who justify the way you are. Oh, I've got no time because I'm in the hustle. Okay, great. Well, that's who you follow. That's who you're inspired. You're trying to find a way to make your current lifestyle normal. It doesn't mean it's the only way to get there. Yeah. There are many paths to the top of the hill. But another quote from the book of mm-hmm. Five Rings, by the way, Nigel, but it's true. Yeah. And I think there's a danger when we were having that discussion about the books and whatnot. There was a little part of me that was a little bit worried because I know that we're in an environment, particularly in that business group where we speak with, there are people that are striving to be better performers, but there's gaps in knowledge in how to do that. And from previous experience, I've seen that people will emulate or simulate the activities of the people that are successful, but they miss some of the key steps along the way. So they filter for the bit of information that they want from it and take that and just run. Absolutely. And this is the whole point around what you should keep doing. So obviously I'm pro-education, pro-improvement, pro-finding the next piece of the puzzle for your performance to lift. I mean, that's the whole philosophy of everything we're doing. The challenge comes with people who are going through a journey and want to get to a particular point and they decide to just read more than everyone. So I'm going to read every single book. I'm going to do more in this area. I go, no, no, what if you did more in the action? What if you actually outperformed in the point of execution and implementation in things that will help your business? Because a lot of people have been ultra successful and they've never read a book. (laughs) I'm not, as I said, I'm not anti-education. I think it's absolutely important that we keep educating ourselves. We keep challenging our beliefs. We keep looking for better ways to do things but not at the cost of what you know is the next step already. So most people get the next step. They go, oh, that would change my business fundamentally. And then they go on to reading another book. It's just this cycle of avoiding execution and the fear of rejection when you do something that doesn't work or you get it 80% right and have to adjust it. You have to work out what that is for you. And you have to work out where you hide when it gets down to things that make a difference. So you get to a certain point in your business or in your life, you know the next step and then you find every way to avoid it. I'll just make those phone calls tomorrow. Why? There's plenty of daylight left today. 
as hours ring now. Oh, I might try that tomorrow. Why are you putting it off till tomorrow? It's always tomorrow. And this is the difference I think between really successful people. They execute immediately as soon as they know that's the next step and they don't overthink it. They allow the overthinking to occur once they've got some real life results. Hmm. I rang 4,000 people and 100 of them got back to me. Great. I don't really sound that good on the phone. (laughs) And you shouldn't have rung 4,000 if you realize that after the first 100, no one says, hello, we've got to change a lot of things in your process. But that's the point. Now we're working with live ammo and we can accelerate. So we've got to ask ourselves, what should you keep doing in your business that's actually working? So what should you keep doing? What should you keep doing in your life that's making your life better? It doesn't necessarily need to align with what normal, in inverted commas, people do. What works for me and I'm going to own? You need to be a big weirdo. And this is the problem. The more we get around people that see the world like us, you realize that we're all weirdos. We see the world different way. The ones that really get places just accept that they're a weirdo and lean into it. Most don't. They're still trying to do it like the book said. (laughs) Who cares? Who actually cares? If you look at a lot of these authors, with all respect to them being authors, maybe that's what they're good at being an author. Maybe they're horrible at business. Maybe they're horrible at anything else. Maybe you shouldn't be taking all your advice from someone who's written a book about how they failed, but now they can see that so they can teach how to be successful. I mean, what a ridiculous concept. Enjoy the failure in terms of learning about it, heated as some of the things that didn't work for someone, but they're not your guru. Or reading books that have no relevance to you. Yes, you're going to get something out of it. You can get information out of anything. If I sat there and watched a snail going up a wall, I could see the whole universe if I spent enough time thinking about it. (laughs) But this is the whole point, isn't it? Where people say, oh, that person was super successful. They were this massive CEO and they're going to talk about marketing systems. Is that the person you want to listen to if you've got a small business? And why are you spending time there? Shouldn't you be executing more? And I'm being silly because all these things have relevance in the right space. But I see people that actually just need to do the work and they spend more time lost in the growth of learning. And that's not the point you're at right now. You should be in execution. As soon as you've got the next piece, how do I put it into the puzzle? I mean, imagine even trying to build a puzzle that way in your life. I can see the front cover. I know where all the pieces go. So I'll just sit and look at it. (laughs) While I buy five other puzzles. Yeah. I'll just keep buying puzzles and looking at the cover. I'm never actually going to learn what it takes to put the puzzle together. This is what people do in business. I would laugh with you, but it actually makes me feel sick, Nigel. It makes me feel sick because I see it over and over again, people doing that in their lives. This doesn't really work for me. Change it. Oh, that would be weird then. I go, yeah, because that's why you're not getting what you want, right? It's actually more complicated than that because they'll put five pieces of one puzzle out, the five bits that they know and like. They'll get a new puzzle, find five pieces out of that puzzle and try and jam them into the other five pieces from the other puzzle that don't fit together. Yeah. Listen, if you're a sub $2 million business, I don't know how much time you have on education, but you should be having a lot of time on execution. You should be spending a lot of your time trying things once you've got the next bit to move forward. So everyone's trying to educate themselves about what they're going to be in 10 years time. You're going to have plenty of time to work that out, I promise you, because it'll actually be the back of experience. So you'll be able to figure it out really easy because you'll actually cross the paths of many of these people and actually get firsthand experience and knowledge of what you need to do 
in your situation, but you'll be doing it with experience behind you because you know exactly what it feels like, what it requires, the nuance in doing that. For some reason, this has gone into an anti-education. It's not that at all. It's about how do I get to the next point in my business or in my life? So what should I keep doing that serves me? If you're reading 100 books a week and you're not executing everything, you are a professional reader. That's what you are. If you own a business and you're reading five books, 10 books, and you're not executing anything, why should you be the CEO of that business? Would you pay someone to do your job right now? So asking the question, what should I keep doing in my business that's working? And what should I keep doing in my life that really serves me, that gives me fulfillment, that's pushing me in the right direction? The great thing when you understand that is you can actually ask the different question is, how can I scale that? In my business, what's working? Great. How do I scale just that specific thing? So for instance, if you know you've got a sales funnel that's really working, scale it. How do I get twice the results from that? If you've got a mechanism for attracting clients, but it requires you, can you replicate yourself in that system? Just up until you get to some critical mass, because that's the point, isn't it? We're trying to break through new barriers. It's the same thing in life. What works for you? Well, actually, I really enjoy going to the gym because I find that I'm less stressed, I'm more focused. Great. How do you scale that? Or if it's exactly what it needs to be right now and it's perfect for you, great. That's in maintenance mode. Keep doing it. And then we move into what should we stop doing, which is probably more, <laughs> probably more the one we have to discuss. How do you know when to give up or stop? <laughs> we may just stick with stop yeah, on this no, one. But, no, but that's exactly the point of why I said that. Do you see exactly your reaction to it? As soon as I said give up, you straight away go in your mind's like, oh, no, no, we don't give up because we're always go for it. Exactly the condition yeah. that screws people's lives. Why not give up? What's wrong with giving up? As long as you're giving up the right thing, nothing. Exactly. But there's this whole thing around giving up is bad. Yeah. No, no, no. You want to actually be less pain tolerant. (laughs) Most people who get into real depths of frustration is because they've got these really high tolerances of pain where others that give up quickly on things that don't work for them, they actually find the solution quicker. Whereas people like us, Nigel, where we spend a lot of time being stubborn and keep doing something that's not working. All you do is lose time and that's the one commodity we can't replace, right? And so this is important because when people say never give up, there's a poster in your office, never give up. (laughs) It's not true. You have to give up. You have to get rid of stuff that doesn't work really quickly. That's a skill set of a CEO and a business owner. Particularly smaller business owners, you don't have resources to waste. Time, money, focus, you can't waste those things. And this is a really important thing. The people who can least afford to waste resources, smaller businesses, self-funded businesses, they're the ones who are basically the most stubborn. I need to ask the question again, playing the part. Uh, Playing what part? I don't know. Playing myself. You be you, friend. (laughs) Thanks, buddy. How do you, because you don't give up on things without a reason to. How do you set a stop loss? How do you set a criteria around giving up on something? I think that comes with experience is what am I prepared to lose on this? So if I'm making an investment, I need to know what am I prepared to lose? It's not just the money you invest. It's the opportunity cost of doing something else with that money. So most people don't think about opportunity costs. They think of that sounds like a good deal, not a good deal compared to where it is. And we spoke about this a few weeks ago, which was 
is a house a good investment? It can be a very good investment. It can be brilliant. It can also be a very poor one depending on what you can do with that money. So what we're talking about is resource allocation, but where we need to think about it in our business is where is our resource allocation? So this is an argument I have, and I shouldn't say argument because it's a discussion when we start evaluating whether someone's right in a position. Sometimes they could be great in the position, but we don't have the time to wait for them to be great. We don't have the time to train them for years because we need to go now in that position. Doesn't mean you have to get rid of the person out of your business, but we might need to bring a senior person above them. We might need to bring someone with a different skill set. We just don't do this in our lives or people don't do this well enough in their lives. So you have to work out is when I start something, at what point do I know it's not working? And there's obviously a lot of other factors that come into that because as you go down the journey, which is actual knowledge because you're actually doing it and you've got some feedback on how it's feeling for you. Is this the right fit? Then you can change your evaluation. If it's something you're like, you know what, this is not making me as much money as I did when I quit my job, this business, but I have never been happier. Maybe that changes your whole evaluation and that's okay because the whole game is not just to make money. The game is to have a happy life, right? Mm. So you might learn more from the application or having a go that changes your criteria of what success is. It might change the stop loss because what a lot of people will say is once I started getting some money, it became less relevant to the way I evaluated things I wanted to do. And I'm talking a little bit about that earlier on when we were talking about in our relationship with Alana, that the business was the highest priority. But as we started to have more resources together, well, we wanted to experience things together. So making sure we could have a nice holiday, making sure we could do things we wanted to do, it changed the priority and it will happen over your whole life. What you have to be clear on is what's my priority now and what's my priority next year? What is it that I've been doing for so many years that actually doesn't serve me anymore? Let's look at it in our personal lives. Who adds no value in my life that I keep investing time into? Friendships, that they're not good friendships right now. Doesn't mean not a good person, by the way. Doesn't mean you still can't enjoy it. But where am I investing too much into others' drama? Where do I leave interactions consistently feeling like crap? Yeah, and on that friendship side of things, because I've seen people go down this route before and just cut friendships. Just because a friend doesn't serve you in a certain area of your life doesn't mean they can't serve you in another No, I've seen people, they basically disown their family and friends because it's like they've had a, what we'd call a come to Jesus moment. I see the whole universe now and you just don't get me because I'm such an evolved being now because I see the world, how it is. They get a little bit of success and then you realize, oh, great, you're that person who's learned nothing. Because if you did learn something, you would realize that everyone had a role to play to get to where you are. Everyone can add value in your life. And if you're looking at everything as a transaction. Well, what is that really saying about you? So not everything's a transaction. Sometimes it's just enjoyable to spend time with people for who they are. Could you have spent more or better time? However, you judge that potentially, but what does it matter? Did you enjoy the interaction? And this is the thing about who you actually are. And I think this is more around self-discovery, which is what are you about now? So most people who have trouble evolving are actually being pulled back into the idea of who they are because of the past. I still need to make those decisions because I don't want to lose my identity from the people who know and love me. You see it particularly, you know, when we used to own the gyms, people who start to eat healthy is like, oh, ooh la la, trying to get fit and healthy. Come to the pub with us and drink all day. And you have to actually work out who are you now and who do you want to be? It doesn't mean you can't have relationships with anyone else. 
what it means is you need to be strong about who you are and what you want out of life. But in those situations, because the term they get pulled back, I'm not so sure if it's always an external force. Any sort of sense of change has an uncomfortability to it and leaves you less sure of who you are. So you might choose to regress. So it's an internal force as equally as an external. Do you get what I mean? Uh, I think so. I, I, I look at it maybe in a much simpler way. You don't want to go to the next point. So you sit where you feel comfortable. But it's the same with business, by the way. It's very much the same, which is our business keeps doing the same things and keeps getting the same results. So anytime there's an opportunity to progress or change or do more of what you know you want, you keep pulling back and doing the wrong things, taking on the wrong clients, undercharging for your skill set, not trying to do the sales and marketing initiatives that you know are required to get to the next level, changing all those variables. It's the same process. And this is the point with this keep, stop, start. It's not just the business. The business and you will evolve very much at the same way. As you start to become the person you know you are, your business starts to evolve that way too because you're bringing the same energy to the table if you're operationally involved, right? And if you're not operationally involved and you're in a bigger business, then you'll start to bring that to your senior people, the expectations of how that business needs to operate. So what you should stop is something at this time of the year that you should really think about because it'll take some time to to calibrate. And if you're sitting there thinking now, well, I don't think I need to stop anything, ask this question. Do you have everything you want? Well, if you do, high five to you. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. (laughs) But if you don't, what's taking your time up from getting the skill set, from trying things, from doing things more consistently in the areas you know you need to explore more? How do I find that time? How do I find the resources? And you start to realize, oh, actually, I probably could find some more money there if I stop doing this, if we stop investing in this because it's not actually getting us a return and we've been doing it for years. You can start to free it up. It's a really great exercise to work out how do I free up the resources I need, time, money, energy, focus to invest in those experiments that once I get a real taste for what it really means when I try them, not just think about them, I'll be able to then put them into the keep because they're going to start working for me. I'm going to start evolving. But if they don't, are you any worse off than doing things you should be stopping doing anyway? You're right. The timing of this now as well is kind of crucial. I hadn't thought about it because a lot of people will start now putting things off till after the Christmas break. But that lag time after Christmas break, even on a normal year, business doesn't really kick off for two months in most people's heads. You get a jump now, you're good. Totally right, Nigel. And I I want to give you an example that's a little controversial because we run a performance consultancy. But with all my consultants, they get reviewed. Are they adding value right now or have I outgrown them or have they outgrown me? So I meet a lot of clients that have had, say, business coaches or consultants. And if the only thing they can tell me is we have a really good relationship and I say, great, can you show me the data that supports that in your business? Not the relationship, the impact and they can't, then I've got a big problem with that because this isn't about making friends with consultants. This is about executing and getting a fast track to where you want to go. This is a problem, which is you need to work out what that is for you and you need to look at everyone the same way. It doesn't mean being brutal. It's about recalibrating with those people what we need for the next phase because then you work out who's got the next pieces to the puzzle. 
Because remember, a lot of people do have the pieces that you need, but you need to be on the front foot and you need to be assertive around where you want to get to and what you need from them or asking how can they help you more. It's not just for your business. It's in your life. And this is where most people don't do it. They'll keep doing the same thing over and over again. I had a great discussion with a client and he'd had a personal trainer for 10 years. And I'm like, but you're still unfit. Brutal, right? We were friends. So he knew it was coming from a place of respect and love, not just telling him he's fat. (laughs) But when you've got close relationships, you, you be totally honest. I would never disrespect someone. So I said the same thing. I said, why does this guy keep his job? Well, I enjoy the routine and I enjoy catching up with him. So you actually don't care about the result. You're looking for a friend. He's like, well, well, I guess so. But I'd never really thought about that. I've got nothing against this personal trainer, by the way. But I do have a problem with anyone in your life that you're putting in a position to help you in that aspect of your life, not delivering the results. So that trainer should have got rid of that client before the client got rid of the trainer. Or they should have had the conversation around, what do you really want in this and start helping that person? Because if you can't get there in a decade, it doesn't mean that he hasn't added value, by the way, because I know there's going to be a lot of people Mm -hmm. right now who are looking to go next, stop this, this is crap. I understand that some clients still get value from just being involved with you. But you've got to ask yourself, at what point are you taking on the right clients for you if you're really good? And this is very important because there's a self-pride in this. There's also a pride in your business. Your job as an expert in that area is to get the person the result. If they choose not to, that's okay. But there should never be that discussion with the client because you actually know what you're here for. I like catching up with you for a chat and we train a little bit. No problem. You spend your money however you want. (laughs) That is totally okay. But I don't accept that in your business if you've got people that are helping you and you haven't fixed that area. So I always have real, you know, I'm not going to say it publicly because I still respect all these people, but I have a big problem with businesses that go, all I need to do is find a really great sales consultant. I go, your problem's not sales. Your problem is how you run this business. It's not one point that's broken because once you've got all the levers going in your business, you'll start to not have a sales problem because it's a number of things that contribute to then being able to make faster, quicker sales. It's not a strategy. That is what snake oil salespeople will give you. This one sales strategy will change your world. And you honestly believe that if they had that piece of information, they would sell it. Why wouldn't you just go and buy every business in the world and just put your one strategy in, right? It's a lie. Who should you stop listening to? Hopefully, you all just didn't hang up right now and go, yep. <laughs> <laughs> what did that Wow. Oh, my God. Imagine if we look at the data right now, Nigel. It's just a total. Just a cliff. Imagine we're just speaking to each other now. Literally, you and I are just speaking to each other and we're talking about valuable time, right? <laughs> Not that I don't enjoy your time, by the way. But, but you get the point, everyone. And this is the thing that frustrates me. I'm lucky enough, I've got some really close friends that we've been goal setting for going on 20 years now. Every time I say it, it's 20, 21, 22. But since we left high school, it started off as every quarter, every six months. And what we found in it, we basically do this keep, stop, start every quarter, every 12 to 24 weeks, right? And it is incredible because if you've been doing it for 20 years, even if you don't execute most of it, just reminding yourself in that time period, you still get better results. And these guys have all done extremely well. And we all love it still. 
not just because it's a great chance to catch up because it's a social thing too, but it just makes you sit down for a weekend and think about your life. What's working for me? What should I stop doing? And now the fun bit, which is what should I start doing? What are the things that I've been putting off? What are the things that I'll do tomorrow that's been tomorrow for 10 years? Oh, I should call that person. Great. Pick up the phone right now. We'll finish listening to the podcast. Then pick up the phone, call them. And do you know what? Yeah, Nigel, I'm just doing everything I can to get rid of every listener right now. But it's important. It's living with a little bit of urgency on things that matter. If you haven't spoken to someone in a while, pick up the phone now. Why wouldn't you? Oh, because I don't know what to talk to them about. Why don't you start with, hello, how are you? Even that is executing something in the positive. Maybe it's something in business that, oh, I should have called that person because they said to give me a call. Call them. Oh, we always should have done this in our business. Do it. And if the answer comes, but I don't have the resource, now we're in solution mode. Where do I get the resources? We're back in the positive. We're moving forward. The one thing I can tell you about every client that has literally smashed it out of the park is when they get this, they execute. They hear the idea and we literally belt it into them. I shouldn't say literally because maybe that'll come back and haunt us, but we, <laughs> we literally challenge them to execute better than they've ever executed before. And it doesn't mean it's with sophistication. It is forcing themselves to do things that feel awkward, but they know it's the right thing to do. It's challenging the beliefs that aren't serving them now. What should you start doing right now? Do you know how many people I've met over the pandemic that have decided that the pandemic mean weight gain? Why? Because you've been inside, so that means I get to put on weight. Why? Because it's stressful. Okay, that's an interesting story you've put together for yourself. I've got nothing against weight, by the way. I've got a big thing for health. I've got a big thing for performance. I've got a big thing for working out what you need to do to live your best life and be happiest and get all the things you want. But I wouldn't allow you off the hook because something has changed in your world. So you mean you have to knock down all the foundations that were working for you. It's a hard one, right? Because it's confronting. I know a few people are going to be pretty pissed off hearing this. It's good for you. Like, I agree. Listen, I wasn't perfect over this pandemic period either, by the way, but I recognized it. And what I did was realize, what am I prepared to do even if I'm not perfect right now? Because it's a period where I needed some stress relief, right? And the most common one, eating, having a few extra drinks, sleeping a bit more, that's okay because we've got to work out what we need right now to get through. This is a remarkable period. It's not around being perfect. Perfectionists are going to lose in the end. Trust me, they'll implode. But what you need to work out is what do you need now? Not feel guilty about it, but still hold to that standard of, but what I need to serve me best. So if there are a few things right now that you go, do you know what? I probably need to get back on track. Awesome. Do it. Don't feel guilty about where you're at. Just do it now. It's the same with your business. Don't feel guilty of what you haven't done in your business, even if it's decades long, which is we should have really addressed the sales challenge. Start today or after this podcast. I'm sorry, Nigel. We're really going to have no listeners. <laughs> yeah. But uh, this is the thing and, and, and this is the thing for all of us. There's always more to do. There's always a better way to do it. But there's a discipline right now we need. And Nigel, I mean, this is the same thing, isn't it? I mean, I'm sure there are things you can think about, which is I need to start doing that. I mean, let's talk about a savings account. If you're a young person yeah. listening, by the way, thanks for listening. But even little things like most of us who've been around, do you wish you started a savings account 20 years ago? Yeah, even if it was $5 a day. 
Yeah, and I think that's with the Keep Stop Start, why I personally sometimes find it difficult to do, particularly when I'm talking about personal stuff, is that it can engender a feeling of regret about previous decisions unless you just go, that's what it is. What can I start doing now? Or what can I stop? It doesn't matter what's happened before. What is the now? Totally. I remember, Nigel, when I was 15 years old, I decided I wanted to be wealthy. So I talked my way into someone giving me an introduction to their stockbroker. And he was a really successful guy, right? And I had $1,500 to my name. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. So I waltz into the top of Collins Street. And for the example, I guess it'd be like walking into one of the most prestigious businesses in Wall Street, right? So I, I get into the Aussie version of it. And I'm like, oh, this is pretty shiny. And I'm, I'm dressed as a 15-year-old, right? So I go in there and I'm like, I want to invest in stocks. Let's get rich. I fly up to the top floor in the elevator. I'm like, holy moly, this is, this is high. Like, this is going to be expensive. So I get there and you get in, there's this massive office and the glass and the views. And I'm sitting there as a 15 year old, like I just wanted to know how to buy a stock. Right. And I sit down with this guy and, in, and it ends up being a lovely guy, like all really nice people. I'd been introduced. He could see that even now he's lost money by just <laughs> taking this meeting, right? The minute you open the door, he was in deficit. <laughs> but I'll show you how much of an idiot I was. So I've got this opportunity to speak to him. We're talking, talking, talking. He goes, listen, Tim, what you need to do is start small. And what you'll do is if you listen to me now, when you're, when you're in your mid-20s, you'll be able to buy a house. We'll be smart. We'll slowly do it. And I told him, listen, I've only got $1,500 to my name. I'm, I'm embarrassed. I realize I'm here. He goes, no, no, don't worry about that. You just start small. And in my mind, just there being a 15-year-old, I don't want to wait till I'm mid-20s to own a house. I'll find a faster way. This guy who's <laughs> developed so much wealth. And I'm thinking, no, 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 I'll find a better way. That sounds too slow for me. Now, when I hit my mid-20s, what do I have? Still 1500 in my pocket, right? <laughs> but- It's not a regret. It's starting to understand that there's a compounding effect to things you start now, but the discipline of just starting them, just starting a savings account, just starting that extra sales call a week, a day, just doing these little things have a massive compounding effort because at 25, would have had a house. 30, probably would have had my second. 40, I probably would have had my fifth, right? Now, I found another way to the top of the mountain. But I I laugh at the ignorance of me and it's not an age thing. It's not understanding the effect of starting when you can start and getting a real taste for the reality of what it is and then adjusting based on that, not based on can't wait that long. It always works like that and it filters out people who want to struggle in life because they see it as give me it now. Mm -mm. Doesn't work. Do you know what I like most about that story? The ending? Apart from the fact that, <laughs> no, the, the, no, the ending was great, but also the fact that at the time where you wanted to, information about stock trading, you actually had to get an introduction to someone, go to a physical space, go up there and be intimidated. Whereas now I can just jump on YouTube and there'd be a 15 year old telling me how to do the exact same thing that I'll ignore. To be fair, I wanted the best in Melbourne. <laughs> of course you did. So, no, and I wanted to eyeball him. <laughs> listen i'm not saying that at the time you know you've got a lot of gusto when you're you're starting out and you realize it wasn't that long ago everyone it feels like a flash in the pan your life but it's the same thing now as you're going to feel in 20 years time from now but you have to make the change now don't feel bad for what you didn't like i could literally sit back now and go if all i did was listen to that guy i'd have a completely different life i don't know if i'd be wealthier or less it's irrelevant but it was a good strategy and I was too ignorant yeah. to take it up. The same way you're listening now, 
and you're going, oh, that's cool. What's my next podcast? I might listen to the fastest way to a million dollar investing podcast, whatever it is. I hope that's not a podcast because now I've just pushed a lot of people. I don't endorse it if it's a real one, right? (laughs) But this is the point. Right now you're hearing something and you've got to ask yourself, am I dismissing it because it sounds too slow and boring? It's not. And this is the bit everyone misses or the people who don't get it miss. There's a compounding effect when you start. If you start with $5 a day, get it to $50 a day. When I finally triggered this in my life, I started with just an automatic account that took money out of my call it a wage. And it was little, it didn't matter, but I knew it had to be something. And I had debt at the time. So I had an automatic going just to pay off debt, right? So I had two, one going to savings, one going to debt. Now I just need to stop thinking about both of those and get on with creation. How do I make more? And then just increase the percentages of what goes where. And as I've spoken before, like our rule right now is 50% of everything we earn goes into savings and investment. But it took some time to get to that ratio. Eventually, it'll be 80 or 90%. Doesn't mean we're compromising anywhere else in life. We still get to drive nice cars. We still get to live in a really nice place, all that sort of stuff. We're not suffering, right? (laughs) It's not about that. It's about when you hear a piece of information, working out why don't I want to execute it immediately What are you waiting for which you know is going to fundamentally help your life right now? Speaking to nobody other than myself, the best time to take the advice and take the action is when you think it because there is a natural erosion. If you've listened to this and you have gone, yeah, I'm going to do that, know that tomorrow that conviction that you have isn't going to be as strong. The day after that isn't going to be as strong. So you may as well take the action now because it's only a small action. Absolutely. Listen, if you just said right now and go, all right, I'm going to prove this guy wrong. I'm going to get online right now. I'm going to open a free savings account with my bank and I'm just going to set up without an end date, $50 a week going into a savings account. Come back here in 10 years, ring me up and you can abuse me or the complete opposite. You can thank me. And either way, I won't care. What I'll care is I know you would have got a lot more out of life because you were taking action. And that was the point, wasn't it? Something that worked for you, you tried, you evaluated, then you look back and go, you know what? This sort of works. I'm going to adjust it. This isn't working. This is what I'm going to do. But you've actually got some live ammo to work with. And that's the point. Life's not about understanding theory. It's about actioning things that make sense to you and then working out how to keep doing them how to stop doing or what you should start doing to make it work for exactly what you want in life. And I think if we all use this period in the year and in our lives to just sit down and do the lists, you might find there's a few things that you can tweak that are going to have dramatic change in the next decade. Nigel, great to chat. Look forward to doing it all again next week. Cheers, man. Well, that's the show for this week. Thanks for listening. And of course, if you head on over to backable.ai, you can access all the downloadables we've put together. Now, if you want to stay up to date with all things Backable and Philodomo, then make sure to join our Facebook group and follow us on one or all of the platforms you can find in the show description below. As always, if you have enjoyed this week's podcast, please don't forget to like, subscribe and leave a review. That's all from us for now. Have a great week and we look forward to speaking with you next week. Bye.